Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 10 is an outline for your testimony. If you are a Christian, you have a testimony that God saved you from spiritual death. Please follow along with Pastor Jim as he delivers today's slice of this week's message entitled, Dead But Made Alive. Ephesians chapter 2 is our venue today as we arrive at the beginning of this chapter. If you belong to Jesus Christ, if He is your Lord and Savior, then you have a testimony. And the outline of a Christian testimony is pretty simple. Here's what I was, here's what God did for me, and here's what I am now by His grace. The Apostle Paul is a, an example of that. His conversion is recorded in Acts chapter 9, and then twice, Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 26, he recounts his testimony of how he came to faith in Christ. He starts out describing his life as a uh, zealous Pharisee, a persecutor of the church. Then he explains how he was confronted with God's grace, and in his case, in a very dramatic kind of way. And then he explains the, to both of those um, uh, judges that he was before, if you will, that he is on trial for serving Christ. I have a testimony too. Mine is, I was an upstanding, nice high school senior. I had no criminal record. I was just sort of squeaky clean nerdy. I, I made good grades. I had success in sports. You'll have to take that part by faith um, now. I was in student body leadership. I just went along with all the basic uh, considered acceptable values of the world. Then I was confronted with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I accepted what was told to me, and I looked into it. And then I began to grow in commitment to serving Christ, and now over a half century later, here I am doing what I do and wouldn't want to do anything else. Well, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, the passage that's before us could be used as an outline of your testimony. Now, let's put it in, let's put it in context. We've just finished chapter 1. Paul didn't write chapter 1. He didn't write chapter 2. He just wrote a letter to his friends in, in Ephesus. And something really interesting about the structure of this, uh, of this book, the, the first two verses are the, Hi, how are you? I'm Paul, and you're the people I'm writing to. And then, remember, there's this ridiculously long sentence in Greek, 202 words that we know of as verse 3 through verse 14. And then 
We saw last week, verses 15 through 23, is another big, long sentence. It's a sample prayer, if you will. Well, guess what? Chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, is another sentence that's so complicated in Greek, you can't realistically make it into one sentence in English. But we're going to look at a unit of thought today, and actually the, the paragraph I would like to deal with, if we could stay all afternoon, would be chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. But I'm going to cut it off at verse 7 today. In the end of chapter 1, as Paul prayed for his friends in uh, Ephesus, we, we saw that he declared that Christ uh, is the head of the church, that the power of God raised him from the dead, and the same power has done the same thing for you. So you could fill your name in a, in a few places and know that that's how he would be praying for you if you were an acquaintance of the Apostle Paul. And you could <coughs> fill your name into a few key places in our passage for this morning, and you would have a, an accurate testimony if you have indeed made Christ your Lord and Savior. So, these same three points, if you will, will serve as the potential for the outline for how you would describe your relationship with Christ. We'll start out with your problem in the first three verses, and then your position, meaning your new position in Christ, goes through verse 9, and then your new purpose is in verse 10, and we'll major on 8, 9, and 10, Lord willing, next Lord's Day. Let's start out with your problem. Chapter 2, verse 1, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Now, that's a strange way to write a new, begin a new chapter. Well, that's because, as I said, in Paul's mind, it wasn't a new chapter. He starts with the word, and, and you were dead like Christ was dead, only He wasn't spiritually dead the way you are, but you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Now, there's an interesting phenomenon about this sentence that I said is verses 1 through 7 in, uh, in chapter 2, that uh, there is no verb until verse 5. That's the main verb of this sentence, and the verb is made alive. Now, there's, like I said, the Greek does it a different way than we do, but literally it would be, and being dead, you being dead in trespasses and sins, now here's what happened. So the and connects to the end of chapter 1, where it says that the church, which is Christ's body, which He is the fullness of Him who fills all in all, and the church is the fullness of Him who fills all in all, Every member of the church of Jesus Christ came from the same stock. It all started with, well, dead people, spiritually dead people. That's the implication, clearly, that he's talking about spiritual death here. Now, to understand what spiritual death is, think of physical death. Physical death is the complete inability to respond to physical stimuli, not even a heartbeat, not even any respiration. Spiritual death is the inability to respond to spiritual stimuli. It's a lack of, if you will, spiritual life. Now, let's go a layer deeper. Many of you have already heard this, that the, the biblical concept behind death is separation. Physical death is the separation of the person, 
the soul, from the body. And that's when we say that the body then is dead. It does not, does not respond. Spiritual death is the separation of a person from God. A, a, apart from Christ, a person is really a, a, a walking dead person. Physically walking, but spiritually dead, alienated from God, separated from God. There are a lot of stupid bumper stickers out there, but there's one that actually captures some pretty good theology. There's probably more than one, but I smiled the first time I ever saw this one. You've heard it. Born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. Because if you're born once, you are born dead in your trespasses and sins, and you will die twice. You'll die physically, and you'll be eternally separated from God. But if you're born again, if you have new life in Christ, you'll die once. You'll shed this body. You'll be eventually fitted with a brand new one, perfect for eternal life. So why are we spiritually dead? What what does it say? You were dead... In your trespasses and sins, the entire sphere of existence for somebody that that doesn't know the Savior is in the realm of trespasses and sins. That's where they live. Now, you have to understand that in biblical terms, we are not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are born sinners. Remember the the confession of King David when he was confessing his original sin of, uh, or the first in the sequence of, of his sins that were life-changing for him, the adultery with Bathsheba and then the, the arranging for the death of her husband and all of that. And when he was pouring out his heart to God, he wrote in Psalm 51 verse 5, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Now, that doesn't mean it's sinful to have a baby. But what he's saying is, like begets like, my mother, my father were sinners, and therefore they produced a sinner, and guess what? He sinned. Or to put it in a New Testament summary, Romans 3, 22 and 23, for there is no distinction. Now, what's the the, the context of that, what leads up to that? Well, he's talked about doesn't matter your spiritual background, Jew or Gentile, whatever you are, there's no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Or Ephesians 2, 1 version, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Now, those are two words that both describe the concept of sin. There's about eight or nine New Testament words that describe sin. Trespass describes it as the, from the standpoint of deviation from the proper path. If you want a football analogy, you stepped out of bounds. You, you, you crossed the line where you weren't supposed to go. Um, stepped over the boundary. The word translated sin here is the, the basic word for sin, the one that's translated in Romans 3.23, uh, as all have sinned, it means to miss the mark. It, it, the root of it is in archery. Anything but a perfect bullseye is a, a, a hamartia. It's a sin. So he's saying whether you just happen to step out of bounds or whether you intentionally aimed at the wrong target 
or even if you tried your best and you fell short of absolute perfection, well, you have a sin problem. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.